welcome everyone to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and today you're listening to What To Be, where we interview inspiring people and highlight their careers. What To Be is a program provided by Your Future Is Our Business, a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps students explore careers through programs such as college and career expos, career panels, and other work-based learning activities. Please note the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future Is Our Business. And we also just wanted to let you know that for the time being, since we're hosting these interviews through video call, our audio quality may not be uh, yeah, up to what it used to be. So forgive us a little as we get going here, but uh, we've got an exciting guest today, someone that I-, I can't believe I've gotten to talk to more than once at this point. I have here with me Nick Winkler. Nick, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Jacob. All right. And we're going to get some of Nick's career history, and he's going to tell us about uh, what he does as the general manager of Los Jardines de San Juan, which... A quick question for you regarding um, the owners. Are the owners the Santana family? Yeah. Yeah, well, they are dude. the granddaughter and the, the grandson of Manuel and Alice, the original owners, are the owners now. Yes. So it's still I, in the family 43 years later. Yeah, this is wild. So I, after our first conversation, I I was admittedly still super pumped. I went and talked to my parents and my mom was uh, went and played at their house. When she was a kid, nice. I guess over in Aptos or something, they would go there, called it the glass house. They, they said they always had a good time hanging out with the Santana. So I couldn't believe we had that connection. Small world, kind of cool. Yeah, they used to live uh, right off of the De La Viega Gulf. No, not De La Viega. What is that in, in Aptos there? I, I can't I think even think that, of it right now. That sounds right. De La Viega. The golf course in Aptos. De La Viega is in, uh, in Santa Cruz. This is in Aptos. I can't think of Well, there's, there's a really nice one right off of of uh, Rio Del Mar Boulevard yeah. there. And they lived, yeah, they lived right off there. I, it's funny. Uh, one of my fondest memories of the Santana family is actually Manny was a huge boxing fan. And so, uh, yeah, so he used to have the big fights. And so I'd go over there with my dad and we'd watch them. And so we were there for the Tyson Holyfield ear oh, bite man. fight. Oh, no. Yeah. And I just remember Manny standing up being like, he bit his ear. He bit his ear. Just like yelling and like pointing at the television. Yeah, he was he was a great great man. He he was full of life all the time and just the most generous person you'd ever meet. Yeah, it sounds like it. So he was the person that helped that essentially talked to you and offered you this job as general manager, right? Was it was how- actually his granddaughter. Oh, okay, that, that okay, offered yeah. it to me. Yeah, they're they're family friends. So uh, my family, my dad and his son grew up together. Spent a lot of time together. So I've been coming to to Hardiness for you know as long as I can remember. Yeah, I'm forty years old. So. I've been coming here for probably my entire life. So, uh, yeah. So, so his, his granddaughter actually called me one day and said, Hey, my general manager's leaving. Uh, I know you used to, to manage some, some different banks and things like that. And you, you worked in a restaurant for many years. What do you think? You want to, you want to come help me out? I had to think about it. You know, I was in the radio business and so it was a, definitely a, a huge career change for me. But you know, when my wife and I sat down and talked about it, it made a whole lot of sense that it's the best decision I've ever made. Awesome, man. Let, let's so even just in that, you mentioned a couple of different jobs that you had in the past, and I know when we talked before, you said you were kind of a math guy. So let's. I want to. I want to know all <laughs> about that stuff. So let's take it way back. Um, I, let's talk about start with your your education background. Like, I guess when you were, did you did you go to college? Did you go to study for business or? How did you how did you get going when you were starting to figure out or ask yourself, what do I want to do in, as a career? Mm-hmm. You know, you're maybe just getting out of high school. What did you do? Right. So um, I grew up in Stockton. So right after graduation, literally the day after graduation, 
I moved to Santa Cruz because that was, you know, the place that I was actually born in Santa Cruz. My family's from Santa Cruz. Uh, they raised me in Stockton, you know, of course. What, a, what an amazing place to raise children. Um, so the second it was up to me, I left and, and I went and I moved to Santa Cruz with a couple of friends. And uh, yeah, I, I started Cabrillo and uh, started looking for a job. And I thought, you know, I, like you mentioned, I love math. I love numbers. I've always been really good with numbers. They just make sense in my head. Uh, so I got a job at a bank as a bank teller there at the Aptos Wells Fargo right there by Safeway, State Park Drive. And uh, it was it was a great gig. And they kept promoting me and promoting me. So I actually I ended up dropping out of school and working full time and, and became an assistant branch manager and then a branch manager. And Whoa. and uh, yeah, it just I, I worked my way up because, again, good with numbers, good with people that's that working in a bank is the, the spot for you. If you've got those two skills. Yeah, because you were you, can, you were enjoying it then, it sounds like. I was loving it. Yeah. You just interact with people all day. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of my the things that I've always loved. I love people. I love talking to people. And, and with numbers, it, you know, especially in a bank, you have a calculator right there, too. So there's zero issues for me when it came to counting money and things like that. And, and once, once I got my first management position, it was like, okay, I'm never going back to school. This is my life. This is what I'm going to do. I eventually moved on to Bay Federal Credit Union, and that was a great time. I mean, that was probably the best move uh, for me financially at the time, too. And just great people, great, great atmosphere that they had there. It was a, it was a lot different. Wells Fargo was really about like bringing new people and sell them products, whereas Bay Federal was a credit union. So I don't know if you're familiar with credit unions. What they do is you have to be local, you have to be part or part of a fire union's union or something like that. You have to have a qualifier to be allowed into this this credit union. So it was all about reinvesting the community and things like that. And I love that. And they required that you did community service and things like that. So I was all about it and uh, and, and moved over there and worked there for four years. And that was just a, a wonderful experience for where, me. Where does this, this love of, uh, or this interest to interact with people come from? Is is that just- I don't, I don't know. That's just, it's just, just a part I'm, of you, huh? I'm a middle child, maybe. Maybe I just was always like, look at me, look at me. Yeah. You know, I have an older <laughs> brother and then there's a baby and he got all the attention. And, and you know, it's funny. I actually, I had a speech impediment when I was young. I, I spoke twiddle and purple and things oh, like that. And so okay. I, in, in first grade, I got put into a speech program where I would go and I'd have to practice speaking. And so we would then go and stand up in front of our class and present these things. So I think that that's kind of when I fell in love with the attention of everyone's looking at me. All right, I'm going to eat this up. And it's funny that a speech impediment is kind of what led me down the path of, yeah, of getting into you don't usually hear public that. speaking. No, no, it was, it was, I overcame it. And um, yeah, and, and it really, my fear of speaking in front of people was gone very quickly. And now it's actually something that I really enjoy. So how, how did you tell me how you went from going to into the baking area to radio. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that actually, I went back to school. I, uh, I met the weekend weatherman, at least Solomon. He's now the main weatherman there at KSBW now. And we became buddies. And he said, hey, come, come by sometime and take a look at, at the studio. I was like, well, yeah, that sounds great. So I went in there and was looking around at all the bright lights and was meeting everybody. And, and then I walked into the sports department and there was uh, Brian Dakin was his name. And he was sitting there. He was the weekend weatherman. He had his feet up and he was reading the sports page. And he was watching television. And I was like, that's it. I want that job. Yeah. That, that's what I want to do. So I, I literally, the, the that following Monday, I called Cabrillo and said, hey, you know, can I get a copy of my transcripts? And so I figured, okay, this is how many credits I need to do. How do I transfer to, 
to CSU and B, you know, I want to, I want to do this as quickly as possible. And they sat me down and they said, you got to do this, this, and this. I did it. I transferred two and a half years later. I was graduating from CSU and B with my degree in telegematic arts and technology. And one of the, the good things that came along with going back to school, which I looked up, how do I become a sports anchor? And it said, you need to get an internship, you know, okay. pretty much every single job that you get in the industry, you need to have an internship. And who do they give internships to? Students. So wait, you 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 went and finished this degree in two and a half years? Yeah, yeah, because I had done quite a bit, you know, because even while I was working at the bank originally, you know, right after high school, I was still earning credits and, okay. and passing my my basic stuff, you know, my math and my sure. English and things yeah. like that. Yeah, so I had quite a bit of, of credits already built up there at the community college level. So I just went back and was like, what do I need to do? Okay, I think I took 24 units my first semester. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, and then... And then I, I finished CSU and B in a year and a half because I, I just, I packed it on, you know, yeah. I was doing 30 units, you know, most semesters just really, I knew what I wanted. And, and, well, did and you I, have a job you know, while you, at, at the same time that I you did. went back to I school? I was still working at Bay Federal. Yeah, I was <sighs> still, they, I took a step back. They were, they, that another thing that Bay Federal was so great at was, oh, you want to go back to school? Wonderful. We'll, we'll move you to this position in the branch. They actually, I created my own position there. It was called a greeter. You'll see them now at every Bay Federal that you go into. There's someone sitting right there at the entranceway. Hey, how you doing? What do you need? I'll point you this way. I created that so that I could do it and go back to school at the same time. How did that, tell me how that conversation went. Who did you have to talk to to say like, <laughs> hey, I, I want to stick I, around. What, what did you do there? Yeah, I, I went, I, I was in really well with one of the VPs and uh, I, I went to him and I said, hey, I'm, I'm going back to school. You know, I've already kind of been approved to, to you know, dial back my hours and this and that. I don't think I'll be able to be the manager that you guys need. So what do you think about this? It's your front line of defense. I see people walking to the bank a lot of times and they're looking around They're Oh, where do I go? Where do I go? Do you have somebody right up front there, you know, saying hi to everybody, welcoming them in, smiling. And, and he's like, that is a great idea. Do you want to do it? And I was like, boy, well, I'm <laughs> glad you asked. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> That's awesome. So then it, yeah, then it became my job, and I would, and then I started training people at it, and, and like I said, you'll see it in almost every one of their branches. So that's my legacy that I left with Bay Federal. So okay, so you did that. You you went back mm -hmm. to school, you got your degree. Right. How how long mm -hmm. were you with Bay Federal still before going into the you radio know, business? Right before I graduated is when I f finally left Bay Federal because I had gotten an internship at Mapleton Communications, which owned a slew of radio stations. Uh, it was Santa Cruz X, The Hippo, The Beach, uh, a few other stations at the time. And they were, and, and I, you know, my money was kind of starting to dry up a little bit. So I, I got a job at a restaurant as a way to, to make some cash. So I, and I was commuting because they didn't have any Bay Federals in Monterey. Right. So it was tough for me at the time. So yeah, so I finally said goodbye to them my final semester and really focused um, on, on school and on this internship. And, you know, it's funny because the internship ended and I kept showing up. Huh. You just, they, they basically never told me not to come in. Okay. So I just kept showing up my days and this and that, and the internship was over and I got my credit for it. And I just kept showing up and showing up and showing up. And one day uh, someone got hurt out on a remote. They sprained their ankle or something. So they weren't able to go to these live remotes, these live broadcasts. And so I was like, Hey guys, I'll do it. So boom, I got hired right there Dude. on the spot. And so that that's how I got my job at the radio station. And, and yeah, that was that was my inn at Mapleton. And and yeah, then I, I worked there for about four years. 
Okay. Until I until I moved away, even after I got the job on television and everything, I still kept doing my my weekend spots on the hippo and on the beach and things like that. And that's just that's because you showed up. Such a big thing. I kept a, showing up. Yeah. yeah. A lot of our guests have talked about that. It's interesting. Pretty recently, too, the people I've spoken with, showing up has been it's a the theme. most important thing. Yeah. It's the most important. Show up and show that you care. Show that you want to be there. There were there were four of us that started the internship program at the same time. One girl, I think, showed up twice and then never went back. Another girl did the same thing as me, showed up whenever she could. But then when the internship stopped, she stopped. Yeah. You know, she stopped, she stopped coming in. She's like, well, my internship's up. And I was like, well, yeah, mine is too, but I'm going to keep going until they tell me to stop. Absolutely. You know, until they, yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and then the third person, um, I, I, don't, I just wasn't for them, or the fourth person, this just wasn't for them, you know? Yeah. And that's another thing that's great about the internship program is it, it really lets you see if that's really the industry for you. If that's, you know, she, she was more of a behind the scenes person. She uh-huh. really wanted to get more into the production and things like that. Um, so she actually got a job at KSBW uh, as, a, as a writer or as a producer there. A, a few years later and, and we were there at the same time and it was funny like hey i remember you we were interns together that's awesome oh oh no nope that was okay. on me all right um my wife called and i, <laughs> I went to hit cancel and it hung up everything all right no worries so you were you were talking about the uh you made a good point in that someone had done the internship realized it wasn't for them still <laughs> they they had that connection and they they found a job did you guys uh get the chance to to work together again as you were both in KSBW? Yeah, we did. They were actually one of the producers. Um, the sports was kind of its own area. I wrote all yeah. my own stuff and, and did all my, my own editing and everything okay. like that. But no, it was still, we were there at the same time. And, you know, and yeah, it was, it was cool that we both kind of found ourselves in the same place, taking a totally different yeah. route. So is, is KSBW where you also came across Brian? Uh, no, actually. <laughs> so, um, a little bit after uh, the KSBW gig, I moved to San Francisco okay. and got a job uh, working for Total Traffic Network. And so they, what they did is they supplied, supplied traffic, news, sports updates for radio stations pretty much across the country. And, and uh, so I worked there for a couple of years, and that's when Brian started. Uh, he left KMBR, I think, at the time and, and got a job with us. And the, the second we met, it was like, okay, this, is, this guy's my boy. We were just yeah. talking sports nonstop. And, and yeah, and he said, let's do a podcast. And it was just like, okay, this makes sense. Let's do a podcast together. And it started as a fantasy baseball podcast and turned into a 49er podcast. And and then he took it to a whole new level with the, the Locked On 49ers everyday thing. And, and it's been a wild ride. And it's a lot of fun. It, it's it's great being able to just chat with one of your buddies about something you're so passionate about. Yeah. How cool is that? That you guys, you you met each other. You basically, you became bros. And then yeah. you started a podcast because you guys had so much fun talking about the things you were talking about. What was the name of your baseball podcast? Oh, goodness. I, I honestly don't even remember at this point. I could probably look it up. We only did it for one season. Okay. Okay. And, it was, and, and like midway through the season is we decided, hey, we should do a 49er. Because like, yeah. we would always find ourselves when the mics were off talking 49ers. We were just constantly talking in 49ers. We're like, this actually makes a lot more sense uh-huh. that we do a 49ers <laughs> podcast. <laughs> 
And so, yeah, once we started that, we're like, okay, the fantasy baseball one came. Because we were in a league together at the time, too, a fantasy baseball league. And I found that a lot of the guys were listening to our show and stealing all my tips. No way. (laughs) (laughs) That was like, wait a minute. I'm going to lose this season just because I I don't have any surprises at my sleeve. Yeah, you can't pick the sleeper off the wire if you're talking about him beforehand. Exactly. You really need to watch out for this J.D. Martinez cat coming out. He's going to be a big deal. And it's like, oh, no. no, I don't get to draft him. Oh man! <laughs> so, was that your your sort of first experiencing with podcasting? You know, it wasn't actually. A few years before that, Kate Scott and I uh, she she does a whole lot of stuff for the Pac-12 Network now. Uh, she was on KMBR for a long time. Same exact situation. Where actually, it, it was the opposite though. She was already working at Total Traffic, and then I came in and started working. And her and I would just chat sports all the time. And so she brought up the idea, hey, you want to do a podcast together? I was like, well, yeah, we, it was actually called That's What She Said. <laughs> and we just, we would talk all, all things Bay Area sports. We would talk Niners, Giants, A's, Raiders, Earthquake, you know, Sharks. We talked to everything. And it was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. And, and we, we did it for about a year and a half. And then she got the full-time gig with, with Gary Radnich in the morning. And she just, we just didn't have time to do it anymore. Yeah. And, you know, she, she's the best though. If you, if you. Any of you don't know who Kate Scott are is uh, look her up. She she's fantastic. She she actually just broadcast the the very first female only booth for an NHL hockey game just a few no months ago. Way. Yeah, she was the lead too. She 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 led the whole thing. She was the the play by play person. And uh, yeah, she's she's fantastic. Kate is the best. Yeah, that's I'm, amazing. I'm well, Kate, Kate, Kate one more time. What was her last name? Kate Scott. Kate S C O T T. Yeah, yeah. She's she's on the Pac twelve network right now. She does a lot of earthquake stuff. Uh, yeah, she's, she is, she's somebody that, especially it's great too. I have a daughter. So for me, it's, it's great to be able to like, look, look what Kate Scott's doing. You know, she, yeah. she also called the 49ers preseason game a couple of years ago too. And she was like the second female to ever do play by play for the NFL. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah, so it's, it, and it's awesome too. I, you know, I, I, I always tell her like, I'm going to come bring my daughter. You're going to show her that women can do whatever they want. She's like, please. Yeah. Please do that. What a great role model to have in your life. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I want to go back quickly just to the, uh, the 49ers podcast. You had Gold Faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How, what happened after that? How long were you with the, the total traffic network and what, wh- how long in between the end of that time and your start as the general manager at Los Jardines? Well, it's hard for me to say sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's a tricky one. Well, I get a lot of Jardins. Is this yeah. Jardins? <laughs> that, that's pretty common. Um, so the Gold Faithful and uh, the transition into Lockdown 49ers was right around the same time. You know, I, I left and we were still doing because it was nice at the time we could do the Locked Up 49ers in the studio where we worked. And so we'd be right next to each other and we could just talk to each other, you know, and take the, the cues like that. So what happened was when I moved, we, we thought, okay, how are we going to do this? Are we going to do it on, you know, Skype? Are we going to do it on Gchat? Am I just going to call in? So we, we kept, you know, kind of experimenting with all these different formats where it was just one day a week. And then when the Locked On 49ers gig came about, you know, they, they wanted both of us. They were like, you guys both should do this. You know, we really like what you guys do. And I was like, Brian, I can't commit, you know, to five days a week. I just had a brand new baby. You know, I'm, I'm running a restaurant. I have, you know, 86 employees. There's, there's a lot going on in my world right now, but I'd still love to, to help you out and appear on your shows. And he's like, great. You know, I, I, I'm, I can take care of this. I, I want to do this. I want to, you know, see if I can follow this dream of mine. And, and I was like, well, dude, whatever you need for me, you let me know. So he invented Winky Wednesdays and, you know, so 
we were able to, to do that once a week here for the last couple of years. And, and it's just been a blast. It's been wonderful. Well, to like, let's get right into this, that transition then. So you, you mm-hmm. got the, um, the invitation from Santana's granddaughter. Uh, wh- mm-hmm. wh- I'm, I feel like we should say their names. I feel rude. Um, who, who <laughs> so is, the owners yeah. of Hardinas are Angelina Van, uh, Santana and Valentin Santana. So they're brother and sister. Okay. And, and so, and they, they actually, uh, their uncle owns Manuel's in, in Aptos. Uh-huh. So the family was, was left to Manuel and Alice's two sons, Leonard and, and um, to, uh, to, to their other son who, who then left it to his son and daughter. So that, that's where, where that came in. Um, so yeah, so they, they offered me the job. Their general manager was leaving at the time. And so I came on board and then funny story, the general manager didn't leave. Uh-huh. He, uh, he had these plans to to move out of, out of town and, and go move up to the mountains and, and went up there and was like, never mind, this is not all what we wanted. And so they came back and we, you know, I, I took the role as operations manager for a little while and, uh, just kind of, well, it was nice because I, I had never run a restaurant before, you know, yeah. I'd run two separate financial institutions. And I'd worked in restaurants for a really long time, putting myself through school. And then when I was doing the television stuff, it was only on the weekend. So during the week, I was working at a restaurant as a server. Okay. Making, because, you know, also when I was doing the television stuff, I was getting $12 an hour. <laughs> so it wasn't really paid very well. So you got to supplement that, <laughs> yeah. you know, that income somewhere else. So a server is a great way to do that because it's very flexible hours. And and like I said, with the, the public speaking thing, it's it's really you're performing. Sure. For every one of your tables, you know, you're you're going out there and you're making sure that they have a good time and and if they like you, they're going to tip you well. And that's what I tell my staff now is, you know, you're you're out there earning your tips. So whatever you do and say is reflective on how well they're going to tip you. So so be nice to them. Yeah. <laughs> you go out there with a sour attitude, you're going to walk away with a two dollar tip, and it's going to be your fault. So. Yeah, so he didn't leave for a while, and so it gave me a chance to kind of learn all the ins and outs of, of a restaurant and, and how to, you know, when I was at the bank, I had 13 employees or 24 employees or 25, you know, it was it was a very large, low number, but now I, you know, come in here and it's, you have servers, you have busters, you have hosts, you have expos, you have cooks, you have dishwashers, you have an event staff, you have gardeners, you have, you know, there's this huge number of people that all, you know, kind of rely on you, so what I've done over the years and, and what uh, the, the former general manager in St. Marcus Edwards, um, he was, he, we were very good at with delegating. Okay. Is bringing in shift supervisors to, to kind of be in charge of side work and things like that and making sure the little things get done. And then we brought on a, a couple of managers here in, uh, in, in, in Gabe Ramirez and Alex Ortega. And they were, they were very good at, at just kind of controlling the environment and making sure that everything was running smoothly and reporting back to us, you know, cause we had all these other things to do, you know, paying bills, you know, making sure that, that everything was, was running smoothly through the city and then making sure we were following all these codes and, and, you know, all these things that you don't think about when, when you come into a, a general manager position, cause you think, Oh, I'm a manager. Okay. I'll just manage. And it's like, well, there's a lot that goes into that. You got to, you know, take care of your bookkeeping and, and your payroll and all of these things and making sure that all the taxes are getting paid and that you're following the ABC laws. And, you know, there's, there's a huge list of things that you really need to be on top of, or they can shut the restaurant down, you know, so you really got to rely on your people. And, uh, and and I do, I I have some great people. Now I mentioned Gabe Ramirez. He's actually sitting right next to me right now. And I'm going to toot his horn because I, this place wouldn't run without Gabe. And, uh, and it's very important to have good people around you too. I, I remember one time when I was first starting uh, in the bank and I remember one of my managers said, Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to promote that person because I'm afraid they might take my job someday. And I thought to myself like, that doesn't seem right. 
Like that seems like the opposite. I would feel like I would want the best people around me at all times. And if I lose my job, that's my fault. Sure. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's on not me. on them. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's funny that they gave me this advice and I actually went the exact opposite yeah. direction of it. Right? <laughs> and I thought I've tried to do that my whole life is just surround myself with the best people and the, the people that are going to work the hardest and, and really care about what they're doing. I, I mentioned that, you know, when I had the internship going in and, and caring and showing that that's what I want to do. And, and, and people like Gabe, you know, who's, who's my manager here, he comes in here constantly ready to work, excited, happy, you know, and, and that, that bleeds down into the employees and they feel that. And if, if somebody comes in and they're negative and they're having a bad attitude, that, that's probably going to affect morale. Yeah. And, and I, I don't, I don't want that. And, and I, we don't, we don't want that stuff around here. And I, I and for those of you out there, listen, if you've got people like that, talk to them, man, or, or, you know, move on. <laughs> so as you're talking to me and, and some of these, these traits and skills that you, um, that you clearly use to help yourself be successful in your job in terms of being, being a good, uh, team worker, right. You're, you're a mm-hmm. team player, I should say. Um, you're very communicative. You're, you're very, uh, active. It's like, you like you said, you thought you were going to be able to manage, but you came in, you showed up and you're like, wait a second. No, no, no. I have to do a ton of stuff here. And you're coming in all the time right. to do it. How, how it seems like a lot of that stuff is, isn't is just natural to your, your personality, which is, which is awesome. And I imagine mm-hmm. really great for your employees to have you as a manager, but how do you, do you think that, can you think back to any, anywhere where some of these philosophies might've come from? Yeah. Sports. It, it came from sports. It came from coaches. You know, I had, I've had some bad coaches in my life and I've had some really good coaches and I just remember that my freshman year baseball coach, he sat us all down. It was one of the, you know, our first practices. And he's like, Hey guys, you know, you're not all going to make this team, you know, but those of you who do, I need you here all the time. I need you here. And I need you to remember that we're a team here. So if somebody's struggling, we're out there running a lap, you know, and, and somebody's having a hard time, see if you can help them. You know, if somebody's doing this, see if you can help them. We're only as strong as your weakest link. And, you know, that's a pretty common saying, but it's really important. I think when it comes to doing anything in life is just remembering that you're a team and that you, you can't take everything on your shoulders. You can't be that guy that's out there trying to do every single thing. You need to be able to delegate something and trust that that person's going to do it. You know, and if they can't, you, you give them the tools to do it. You try your best to, to teach them how, how to do something. If they still can't get it, you know, after, you know, trying and, and this and that and this and okay, let's bring in some more help to help you. And then, you know, then there has to be a time where, where you move on because you, you can't, you, you can't bring the whole ship down for, for one person essentially. And, and that's, it's tough. That's, that's the worst part of my job is when I have to let somebody go. Uh, most of the time it's by their own doing. So it's like, you know, you brought this on yourself sort of thing, but it still sucks, you know, yeah. because you think about it, if you've ever been fired from a job or been let go from a job, it's one of the worst feelings in the world. And, and as a, as a manager now, I, I realize like, wow, it, it sucked for that person that was letting me go too. You know, it's, it's not something fun that, that's ever there. And for me, I just, I'm, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I always have been, you know, there's, there's always something better that can come out of everything you do. And I feel like as, as long as you keep that mentality, uh, I think that it, 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 it bleeds over. It, it lets everybody know that, wow, okay, maybe things aren't that bad. And that's another thing too. If you're in charge and you're out there panicking, everyone else is going to panic. Yeah. You don't, you don't want that. You got, you got to set the example, like guys, guys, everything's going to be fine. You know, we're going to work through this, whatever it is, we'll, we'll figure it out. And being a dad too has really helped with that too. But you don't want your kids to see that. Tell me, I'm just interesting. I've never really asked about this. How has being a dad affected your career? 
Oh man, it's it's gives me they give me purpose. You know, they give me a, a reason to to provide. They give me a reason to to care about about things like that. Before, you know, I was just like, okay, I'm showing up. I can pay my bills. Cool. You know, now it's like I want to make sure that I'm preparing, you know, their lives down the road. You know, I've set up college accounts for them. And yeah, I may only put twenty dollars into the month, but it's something. You know, it's it's something I, I care about their future. We oh man, I'm I'm glad you asked me this too, because this is something I really want to promote for the business. So about eight months ago, we went green. So we are green certified here in San Benito County. We got rid of all of our straws, all of our plastic, you know, everything we use here is is biodegradable. It's 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 eco-friendly. And and it's been a big thing for me because uh, we started it with our previous general manager, you know, him and I were like, let's do this thing. And so it was, it was a lot, a lot of steps that we had to take to do this, change chemicals that we use and things like that. And he has kids too. And it was just something we were like, let's, you know, let's make this place better for our kids. And and so that's something that I feel proud that I can tell my kids about, like, we are a green restaurant. You know, we, we are doing our best to to not make things worse here on earth because you know, if everybody did it, that'd be amazing. The problem is that not many people are. So if, if we could do just even the, the smallest part to help things out, we're going to do it and, and not make things worse. So, I, you know, we're proud here as a, as a restaurant being green. And, and it's great because all the all of our employees, you know, they wear that badge with, with pride and with honor. And we have this big sign in our window that says green and on all of our menus. And everybody's like, yeah, we're green. You know, that's it. That's right. You know, you want to hear more about it? Let me call my manager down and I'll come down and preach. I kind of actually, I want to go back again to um, what caught my attention earlier is how you said that it was the day after you graduated from high school, you moved down <laughs> right. to Santa Cruz. So that, t- that takes planning, right? You're, you're yeah. moving, you're, you're, it sounded like you moved with friends and mm-hmm. that's, maybe it's a bigger thing nowadays than, uh, right. I, I just can't, I, I'm trying to think of myself when I graduated high school, I was like, man, I'm here for summer. I'm going to hang out and then right. I have, and then I'm, I'm going to go to school. But you just, you just got out of there right away. So how, what, where did yeah. this, um, I guess I want to ask a, wh- why did you want to leave right away? Uh, it's obvious why you picked Santa Cruz cause it's amazing here. <laughs> Santa uh, Cruz, right. Yeah. So, but like that, that's impressive for, for such a young person to do uh, that, to, to do what you did. And yeah, so, so yeah, t- tell me about that. I'm just curious how you made that happen. Well, for me, my brother was already living here, my older brother. Uh, he had moved, uh, you know, maybe two months after graduating. And so he he set the example, you know, uh-huh. of like, and so I would go down there and visit him. And, and like I said, mo- most of my family lives in the Santa Cruz area. So this has been, you know, my spot my entire life of, of where I, I wanted to live when I grew up. You know, it wasn't up to me to move to Stockton, that's for sure. Um, but as soon as it was up to me, yeah, I, I actually had a buddy who, uh, junior year in high school had to move down to LA because his family moved. And so as soon as he moved, we we're like, Hey, when we graduate, let's go move to Santa Cruz together. And so we were continually talking about it and this and that. And yeah. Like you said, it was a lot easier. This is 1997. So this is a, a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, I think, I think the place we rented was like $700 oh my for a three bedroom or something. Yeah. It was, it was ridiculous. I'm going to have so to bleep that, that out or people are going to be mad. <laughs> and it was a really nice place too um yeah so so yeah we we had planned it and then he had a buddy that was going to move up uh with us as well so we could do that three bedroom and uh yeah we we had planned it out and it didn't work right away like i moved the day after but i went and and lived with my brother for a little bit uh, and and crashed on his couch and uh yeah it was it was like uh two weeks later you know the place we we found a place and we, we didn't plan out 
knowing where we were going to live. It was just like, I'm going to go there and I'm going to go look around. And I drove around. It was a lot easier to rent back then too. Like they didn't do background checks or anything <laughs> like that. Like I didn't need to do a credit report. You know, I showed up, the guy's like, you know, deposit's the same as rent. I was like, okay, I think we, I think we can get that. And yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a, definitely different times for sure yeah. back then, but yeah, it was, it, like I said, it was the, it was the best thing I, I did. Cause it, you know, I, I, it's just a whole different lifestyle. You know, right. Stockton, it, it was, was really conservative and, and really, you know, um, they had a lot of country there and uh, not a whole lot of that in Santa Cruz. You know, you get a lot more, more liberal, a lot more, yeah. uh, which was great, which was exactly what I needed in my world because it just, it made sense to me. You know, it made sense that, you know, equal rights and everything like that. And one of my best friends actually moved to UCSC at the same time too. And, and so that was nice. Cause then, you know, I had a couple of friends that lived there and I could go up to campus and meet people that way. Yeah, it was great. Can you, can you talk a little bit more specifically on the, um, the effect that that transition had on maybe the immediate effect on your life moving forward. Yeah. You mentioned that you yeah. mentioned how the differences, right. In terms of Stockton being a little bit more conservative, mm-hmm. uh, Santa Cruz, a little bit more liberal and that that's has clear effects too. But I, I, if you can put yourself back in, you know, 18, 19 year old Nick Winkler's shoes, like <laughs> what, that's it's just still such a big change. So what was the immediate impact there? I felt like I, I had broken free. I felt like it was, I had gotten out, you know, I, I had, I had done what I had t- intended to do, which was to, to start a new life essentially. Like I, I had a lot of friends and, you know, I played in a lot of different sports and I had, you know, teammates and this and that. And it was, it was all great. It was all wonderful, but it's just, I felt like I needed something else. It was time to, to go start my adult life. Mm-hmm. And so moving, moving was great. It was really, it was free. And I got a job at the bank just a couple weeks later too, after I started, you know, after I moved there and, and it was, you know, I used all my, my uh, graduation money to pay for my deposit and, and I had rent for a couple of months and I was like, all right, I'm going to make this work. And, and I had to, I mean, that was just it. I, I had to make it work. And, and so that was nice, you know, not having that safety net, you know, of being able to live at home or anything like that. So it was, it was definitely scary. It, it was. And, you know, if, if it hadn't worked out, you know, I, I had my brother's couch to crash on. I could always move back home with my parents, you know, tail between my legs. But it didn't. It, it didn't fail. You know, it did work out. And, and uh, I got the job and it, it paid well, too. I remember when I started, it was like I was making $12 an hour or something. I think minimum wage was six. I was just like, oh, what's <laughs> up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> a baller. <laughs> So we've we've basically already been. I mentioned there. I, I like kind of split this up into three parts. We've already been. We've gone through the first two. Um, we've you've been giving great advice regarding your 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 journey. But uh, I guess now what I want to ask is to reflect on how it seems like. I, I said this to to Brian before when I talked to him, and it, it seems similar for you as it has many of my other interviewees that your your career path has definitely been also all over the place. Can you talk about how, I don't know, how, how do you feel about that? Some, some people like the windy path. Some people don't. I love it. It's just, I, I've met all kinds of different people, you know, and all, because it, it takes a certain type of person to work at a bank, you know, it takes a, a certain type of person to work in radio. It takes a certain type of person to, to live in San Francisco. It takes, <laughs> you know, so there's all these different people that I've gotten to meet and, and, you know, make friendships. And then, you know, still to this day, I, you know, I consider a lot of them very close friends and I keep in touch with them and I don't do a whole lot of social media. Um, so for me, it's, it's really, I, I like to make connections with people and I like to, to have friends that I will call on the phone and I'll do FaceTime with and share, you know, my life with them because I feel like 
you know, we've kind of come into a time here where it's a lot of, as I like to call it, fast food friends, where it's just, you know, you got all these people that, you know, they can, they know, they think they know a lot about your life, but it's like, well, I, you see what I'll show you here on social media <laughs> and I see what you want me to see. And, and so that, that, that whole thing didn't really do it for me. Um, but what did do it for me was, was just, I, I felt like I was, I was done at the bank. You know, it felt like it's the second I saw this, oh, I, I could do this. I could go be in sports. Well, okay, I'm going to go do it. And I set my mind to it and I went and did it. And then I thought, okay, I could be in television. You know, okay, I'm going to go do it. Like I'm, I'm going to go back to college and I did it. And then I, you know, I'm going to run a restaurant and I did it. You know, it's just, as long as you really can focus and, and again, it's surrounding yourself with good people. It's, it's really asking questions. What is, what, what, how can I get better at my job? How can I really, okay, I see that we did that, but why did we do that? Okay. Okay. But can we do it this way? Okay. Okay. You know, just, just really trying to, to get to the root of why. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it, working in the bank taught me a lot about financial, you know, and, and how to, to balance a budget and how to balance my checkbook and, and things like that. And then working in radio really taught me, you know, how to express myself and how to, you know, I was an interviewer for a long time. So asking questions is really important and, and finding out who you're talking to. And so I do that with my employees. I'm constantly like, well, what do you want to do? You know, what, what, what makes you happy? Okay. Well, oh, well, why don't we get you trained in that? You know, this is the, you know, you're doing this, but let's, let's move you out there. You know, you want to work in the garden, let's get you out in the garden. You know, you don't want to be stuck inside. So I felt that, you know, all working in these different areas has been amazing for me. It's, I've never really had the chance to get scale, which I've seen a lot of people like, I hate my job. And it's like, well, do something else. You know, like I get it. It's not that easy, but look up how you can do it. You know, see if there's a way you can, you can start doing that. Maybe you, you get another job doing something part-time, you know, maybe if it's even an hour or two on the weekend, but you're, 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 you're introducing something new into your timeline, into your world, into your experience. And, and maybe that'll lead you down an entirely different path. Yeah, that, that was a lesson that I honestly took a long time to learn because I, I would I had this struggle of, I, you know, I might think, oh, that that seems kind of cool. And then I would have all these thoughts of not I should go do it, but should I do it? And then mm-hmm. should I do it leads to mm, is it really going to work out? And then that it just right. becomes a snowball. Right. And it all these things try to scare you away. So that's awesome that you were able to you like, hey, I like that. I'm going to go do it. Wonderful. Yeah. How do I do it? Let me find out. Okay, I can do it. I can make this happen. Let's go. You know, it's funny too. I almost went to umpire school. Wow. There, okay. there was a time where I, I looked because right across the street from me, uh, Bill Miller, he, he's a, a, an umpire in Major League Baseball. He, he lived across the street from me. Wow. And so I would talk to him every once in a while, you know, and I was like, that'd be a good job, you know? Uh, and so I was, I looked into it. I, I had the paperwork. I was ready to, to sign my life away essentially because and then, and then he was really like, hey, before you do that, really make sure, like, do you want to have a family? It's like, yeah, yeah, I do. He's like, I'm away from my family six months out of the year, sometimes wow. seven, you know, and it's, it's, it's extremely difficult. And I really wanted to have kids. And so we, that was the final talk I had with him. And that I, I said, no, I said, you know what? Wow. Never mind. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, this would be fun. I think it'd be a lot. Of, it'd be great to be in. I wanted to be in sports. Obviously, there was a way I, I was going to get in yeah. sports in my life. And, and I just, I, I hated the thought of that, of not being, cause I didn't want to be one of those absentee dads. And yeah. you know, the path I led, led me to my wife and, and led me to my, to my children. And, and they're the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And so not going to umpire school was one of the best decisions I ever made. <laughs> awesome. Beautiful. Nick, do you have any, any bit of advice, career advice, anything you want to share with our listeners before we go? Yeah. Again, do what makes you happy. If, if you can't find that, you know, 
keep looking. You know, if you're in a job that you don't like, but you're stuck there for some reason, well, maybe there's a way out. You know, maybe there's another path that you can take. Maybe, you know, you might have to take a few steps back to take a few steps forward. And that that's one of the things too, that when I got into the restaurant business, um, you know, I, I was a tele, I was on television. I had a TV gig, but I had never worked in a restaurant before. So I got, took a job as a busser and I worked my way up to server and then they wanted to make me a manager. And it's just, you, you sometimes you got to start at the bottom. Don't be, don't be too proud to do that. It, it's really important that sometimes you just swallow your pride. You know, if it's a goal that you really want to accomplish, you, you do what it takes. You find a way. All right. Thank you so much, Nick. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, Jacob. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's career story. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and this is our show, What to Be, with today's guest, Nick Winkler, the general manager of the Los Jardines restaurant in San Juan. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM KSQD Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays. Stream online at ksqd.org or visit our website, yfiob.org, for more ways to listen. Thank you and see you next time. And what are the chances we can get one of those signature see yous? See you! Heck yeah, man. That's going in there. (laughs) 